Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Isaiah calls it that day. Amos called it the day of the Lord. Paul called it the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter called it the day of God, that day. It appears 208 times in the Old Testament, over half of which were used by the prophets to describe a coming day, the day of the Lord. Three elements are generally found in this expression. On that day, evil will be judged, and that will involve cataclysmic changes to the world in which we lived. On that day, the effects of evil will be loosed. The confusion, the hurt, the pain, the misery, the darkness will all be chased away. On that day, a new world is coming, a world where there is no darkness, no pain, no hurt. Ultimately, it's when chaos becomes calm. Hello, my name is Ken Gurley, and all this week on Daily Devotion, we've been looking at the future. In this life, in our day, God is still bringing peace. He stills the wind and seas in our lives. One of the abiding themes of the Bible is how God brings order from disorder, peace from confusion. That theme is constant throughout Scripture. Whether it's our Lord at the beginning of it all, bringing the beautiful world from the churning, chaotic darkness, or Joseph managing the resources to see his people through the famine, or Moses organized the encampment of Israel, or the kings and the prophets leading God's people through difficult times, it reaches its apex when Messiah comes to earth. Jesus restored what the enemy had taken, sight, hearing, health, peace of mind. At the cross, we read, he took captivity captive, triumphing over it all. Sounds a bit melodramatic, do you think? Not nearly so sensational as what Jesus will do when he returns. Isaiah 27 says, In that day the Lord, with his strong and great sword, shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. Talk about chaos to calm. This is exactly what happens in the end of it all. There are words in God's word that we find mystifying. None perhaps more so than the word I just read, Leviathan. In Herman Melville's Moby Dick, the term refers to great whales. In modern Hebrew, it simply means whale. Leviathan is found several times in Scripture, yet the most detailed description of Leviathan is found in Job 41, where God describes a creature, verse 5, that cannot be tamed. Verse 9, it cannot be subdued. Verse 14, that has numerous teeth. Verses 15 through 17, shields tightly sealed together along his back. Verses 18 through 21, he breathes out fire. Verse 24, his chest is hard as stone. No sword, no spear, no arrow, no club affects him. Verses 26 through 29, he churns the deep and leaves a glistening wake. Verse 32, nothing on earth is his equal. A creature without fear. Verse 33, looks down on all that are haughty, the king over all the proud. 
verse 34. People have looked in vain to truly understand the identity of the Leviathan. Some have said it's a whale, as I've mentioned, others a crocodile. Some thinks it's a reference to extinct dinosaurs. In Scripture, Leviathan is to the sea what the behemoth is to land. Both creatures dominated the fearful minds and hearts of ancient folks. In the Middle Ages, Leviathan became less a physical creature and more a spiritual one. Leviathan became the word used to describe evil itself. In ancient Babylon, their belief about creation was that there was a sea dragon that held the world bound. And that sea dragon was in opposition to all things good and right and created tumult. The book of Genesis does not directly call chaos Leviathan. But the oldest book of the Bible, Job, seems to reference it. It's no accident that at the end of the book of Job, God himself draws attention to the Leviathan, almost as if to tell Job, the author of all chaos in your life is none other than the enemy of your soul. For our purposes today, perhaps we shouldn't look at Leviathan as a physical creature, one that we can fit into the kingdom, phylum, class, order, genus, or species, but one that has been around for an awful long time, one that seeks to bring chaos into our lives. Chaos is not the will of God. The Apostle Paul told the church at Corinth in the first letter, chapter 14, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. Chaos is not of God's design. Isaiah said it in the 45th chapter, For thus says the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that formed the earth and made it, he hath established it. He created it not in vain, he formed it to be inhabited. I will leave it for much smarter people than me. How the earth God created to be inhabited was rendered chaotic. But what I find intriguing is that God's will is not seen in the chaos that opens the Bible, but in the order that God brings to the world as it existed. God is not the author of chaos. Where God is He brings order. He brings unity, harmony, and purpose. It's our God, our great God, who turns chaos to calm. The word calm can be used as an adjective to describe something still, tranquil, and serene. The word calm can be used as a verb to make something tranquil or quiet. The word calm can be used as a noun, meaning the absence of confusion or the absence of wind. Calm in whatever form, triumphs over chaos when we are obedient to the word of God. It's in the first Psalm we read of the blessings that come to the person who walks according to the word of God. The second Psalm opens with the question, why do the heathen rage? And the answer is disobedience to God and his word. Twice in the New Testament do we see moments that calm triumphed over chaos. First, when Jesus walked on water and got into the boat, there was a great calm. When we invite the Lord into the midst of our trouble, he brings the calm. It's human nature to say, I'm going to get myself where I need to be, then come to Jesus. But as God asked Job, can you hook the Leviathan? Can you fish for him? Can you put a ring through its nose? Can you make a deal with him? Can you serve him up as a meal? Would he make a nice pet for your children? 
Will your weapons pierce his skin? And on and on. God asked Job, do you think you have it all figured out? Do you think you can sort through this all on your own? And of course, the answer to that question is absolutely not. I can't hook the Leviathan, but God can. You need the Lord in your boat. If you're going to lasso chaos and bring order into your lives, you need the Lord in your boat. The second instance of Jesus bringing calm was when he was fast asleep in that boat and a storm came and fear began to triumph over faith. Circumstances should not dictate feelings. Finally, someone realized Jesus is on board. He's sleeping in the back of the boat when he should be invited to stand at the front of the boat. I believe revival in a person's life is often found in how we position the Lord. If we move him from the back to the front, from the stern to the aft, from the least to the greatest. Jesus rose and asked, where's your faith? What a question. God didn't say he expected you and me to figure it out. He didn't say that he requires you and me to speak to winds and waves. He just expects us to believe, to believe that he is able to do these things. I love that old song by the Hawkins family that once asked a question, where is your faith in God? In the first verse, he defines faith. But in the second verse of the song, he asked the question, Christians, you say you love the Lord, and yet we complain each day seems hard. Into each life, some rain must fall. Faith, faith, where is your faith in God? I'm not overly fond of acrostics, but let me introduce three here. How about an acrostic for faith? F-A-I-T-H, faith, forwarding all issues to heaven. I like that one. How about an acrostic for chaos? Choosing hardship always over security. Or what about calm, C-A-L-M, Christ alone leads me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, he leads me. If I can get Jesus up front, it's going to work out okay. Because our Lord is not only able, he is willing. The 27th chapter of Isaiah, in that day, the Lord with his sword and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. That day is racing toward us swiftly. The day the Lord will subdue the dragon and cast him into the bottomless pit. It's also no accident that when that occurs, there will be a great change to this universe and to each of us. Soon your change will come. His story almost reads like a current biography. As a young man, he was singled out as an up-and-comer by key political leaders. He was brought to the big city where the intelligentsia groomed him. He started climbing the ranks and was considered a rising star. Then he tumbled into a deep spiritual pit. He left Jerusalem and went far away to Constantinople. And there he happened upon a couple known for their wisdom and discernment. And while in that city, he became very sick. Those who helped him knew that his physical problems were only symptoms of a greater war within, a chaotic disaster that was destroying him. And they told him he needed God to help him start over. And start over he did. The wicked city was Constantinople or Istanbul. 
The place he fled was Jerusalem. And today, the fourth century of Agrius of Pontus on the nature of sin is still considered a classic work. That man who found new life in Istanbul wrote, A man in chains cannot run, nor can the man that is enslaved to passion see the place of spiritual prayer. It is dragged along and tossed by those passion-filled thoughts and cannot stand firm and tranquil. You just can't do it. You can't do it by yourself. But the Lord can. You see, the Lord can hook the Leviathan. The Lord can vanquish the chaos that you're experiencing in your life and turn it into absolute calm. There is something that I just feel impressed to share with you today, that no matter what difficulty you're encountering, no matter what has come your way, no matter what the enemy of your soul and the chaotic disturbances of life have brought to your doorstep, the Lord is saying, if you would permit me to step in, I can speak peace into your life. I can bring the joy and the tranquility and the calmness and the serenity that you've been seeking. Yes, that day is soon to approach. That day when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords will return to this earth and there will be peace and tranquility and the lion will lay down with the lamb and we will see the power of God on display when he rules with a rod of iron. But in the meantime, don't you know that the peacemaker can come into your life? The peacemaker can speak peace over everything you're going through. Thank you for sharing a daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed, 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.